running more, running faster, running more often, running further, ooh, running regularly. That is today's podcast. A great show coming up, but first the intro. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. Uh, yes, indeed. Heiko is my name. H-E-I-K-O, the host of this podcast. Hey, this is where we're all about helping you become a better, a stronger and a smarter runner. And today I want to talk about the most important topic, whether you want to become a faster runner or you want to run further distances. Fact is, you need to focus on running more. <laughs> and I'm sure Right now, if you're listening to this, the one thing you have less of is time, isn't it? <laughs> but before we get into the negative mindset here, you know, there are a couple of things you can control how you are by adhering to the process or how you are advancing. And yes, yes, I know more is better is not always true. So if you're just looking at increasing your weekly mileage, for example, yes, it will help you become stronger and faster, but... You need, as always in life, a clear plan and a clear and, and precise plan. Let's see what you need to be looking at. One of the most important metrics you can use, or that is actually commonly being used, is the weekly running volume. I'm sure you have that in your mind right now. If we'd meet right now, what is your weekly running? You'd be able to tell me a number, 50 kilometers a week. Maybe some of you guys, 100 kilometers per week. I hope not. That's too far. <laughs> uh, Anyway, you, you've got some other long-term approach. So you'll, you will be able to build your mileage safely without risking injury, but uh, safely enough to improve your, your overall running. And, and most runners, you've heard of the 10% rule, you know, and it was considered to be the number one rule to increase your mileage. And there's some different rules now which speak against it. But for now, let's, let's just stick to this. Why? Because it, it takes simple mathematics. You take the miles around the previous week and you increase that by 10%. But you know this already. Sticking to a rule, a fixed one, that often means you are doing something that might not be suiting you. Aha! That's the reason why many of you are failing with the running more. <laughs> Uh, so this means, you, you again, you need to know what you're currently running, what your mileage is. And here's the thing. Some runners, they have tried and tested this. And usually unsuccessfully. So many runners, I've noticed they're not successful at increasing their mileage that way. Why? Because very often I've heard runners say, well, currently I do a 5K, so I expand to a 7K. Hang on, that doesn't make sense because, number one, it's not the 10% rule. I mean, don't ignore the maths. You know, a 5K doesn't become a 7K by adding 10%. So if you'd actually be doing it properly, you should be running a 5.5K, not a 7, because you feel good. But then the excuse world starts to happen. Yeah, but I was feeling great and I was really in the flow and uh-uh-uh. You know, you're not supposed to increase the distance of every single run. It's a good way to start improving your long runs. See, that's where you anyway already have time set aside. And, and usually you go for a long run with some kind of plan. You know the distance you're more or less going to do or the time you're going to be spending. So let me guess. Your long run is the one where you have 
the most time allocated for. So this correct step would be to go from a 7K to a 7.7K, more or less the 10% rule. But I want to share something with you. These rules, it's like <laughs> uh, joining the army. You had to do a 2.4 kilometer test. You needed to do 10 pull-ups, I think 100 push-ups. And that basically meant, yep, you are a1, K1, so the basic fitness level, a rating, so to speak. And that's what the 10% rule has become. I mean, so many people who had the A1, K1 in, in the days of the army, they, they couldn't do the rest because they just reached a certain level. And the same with runners. Sometimes runners are overwhelmed. They started out, uh, the runner becomes afraid, and then it might even have happened to you. You... You're afraid to have faith in your own dream, in your own goal. <laughs> you set that marathon goal or you set that half marathon goal and suddenly you find you, you cannot trust yourself, you know, and the results are dire, you know, it's because you're, you're tr it, it happens it's because you're trusting on your current knowledge level that you currently have. You're, you're reflecting on what you know and that gives you the doubt as to whether you're going to be able to accomplish it. So you're leaning on your own understanding, on your own wisdom, and your mind is telling you, hang on, it's impossible. Your mileage, you know, unsurmountable obstacles are ahead. <laughs> and next thing, oh, there's no hope for this situation to stick to this plan because it seems, you know, I'm slowing down. My times are slowing down. I'm hurting more. I'm feeling actually more aches and pains. And next thing, the motivation isn't there. So the plan you set out with this 10% increase is suddenly becoming a huge burden. And next thing, this burden leads to a neglect, a neglect of sticking to the plan, a neglect of actually enjoying the run. <laughs> don't make excuses. First one, don't make excuses. Don't lean on what you know because you need to grow, your situation is not over. And that's what I want to appeal to you today. You need to actually build your confidence. You need to strengthen your resolve. It's some tough times. If you're in that situation right now, you're in tough times. And that's, what waiting, that's what's waiting for you, that, that chance to build your confidence. But hey, you know, some authors have, have written, there's actually a very nice book, you know, Born to Run. You know, where they talk a lot about we as humans, we were made for running and all of that. And it might be that that feels immensely far-fetched for you right now in your current situation. But perhaps that's exactly where you should be looking for your encouragement. Your trust needs to be getting a refresher. You know, just by hiding, by burying your head in the sand and putting those run shoes and the run equipment far deep down in the cupboard where you can't find them anymore. That's not the best way to face a crisis or any kind of storm, you know. That's your time. That's the moment where you need to shine, where you need to look for outside help uh, for your current realms of thoughts, where you need to basically put something new inside your brain. And you need to trust the right process is there for you. And if that 10% rule hasn't worked for you because you couldn't do the maths well you know what to do do the maths properly but if, if maybe you're realizing you know there's just too many injuries there's too many aches and pains um, those unique steps that will suit you that you need to undertake they are out there <laughs> you just need to find them and the only way you will find them is if you keep on trying despite your current circumstances some people they enjoy using a run diary uh, fine 
But if you're one of those OCD types, you know, <laughs> um, it'll start to control you. So this should be a help. So it needs to be flexible, which OCD types don't like. So, and some of you keep a diary for the wrong reason. You're looking at last year's run performance and you're thinking of bettering it or adding some some miles. And then you've noticed that it's a goal and, and this goal is not presented in a helpful way of progressing. So you need to be more specific, just increasing and putting up miles every year. That's, that, that's not a goal. You need to know why you want to add those miles. Because what is it that you want to improve? You know, which, which area you are weak in do you want to improve in? If, if you've been running trail marathons for many years, you know, perhaps you want to do a fast flat marathon this year or vice versa. And what a notebook or diary is, is or run diary is most useful for is, is to find out what worked and what definitely didn't work at that specific season of my life, you know, and to, to awaken those those inner traits you have to face tomorrow and, and next week's plan. Your failure, your your trust in the process, it determines your success. And it might seem like it takes a bit too long and you're not progressing at all but the right moment will come the right run will come the correct run the one the run that just feels right and if you, even if you cannot see it there is progress in every step you take so you are in the making of making the impossible possible you you are actually thereby outgrowing your your current circumstances so that's why <clears throat> Trust the process and trust each run because thinking in failures, you're going to find failures. And even if you do fail at a specific run, it's just, uh, that's not the end. It's just the opportunity where you can grow further and become an experienced runner. Hey, remember this, that no one can make you stop other than yourself. And if you continue on the training cycle, you will eventually reach another level. There's no way you cannot succeed. <laughs> Humans have evolved into something um, of, of a species that oh, we can fail, you know, of course. And there's a lot of negativity and it enters and takes up our headspace. And suddenly it's a mindset, you know, so many things going wrong. Oh, look at, looking at the news, looking at your own life. And next thing, you know, failure starts and, and you can see your, your, your growth. Actually, you can't see it anymore. It feels like you're stalling. And next thing, you have a great excuse to stop, to leave the running and to call yourself, I used to run. Or you can see it as an opportunity to continue. And a failure is only a failure once you've really taken the decision, okay, running is not for me. <laughs> um, uh, or it's a perfect excuse, you know, uh, to, to stop running more because the training plan isn't the right one. But the more is is vital to to your next step to progress to the next step and one thing you can do is here you can imagine if you look at a failure as a as a momentary shortcoming and that shows you like in a mirror when you get dressed you know in the mornings and you look at yourself and where you currently lack the skill, the knowledge, the muscle power, or the endurance to reach that next running level. Failure shows you exactly what you need to do. When you quit and you give up, that is the day failure finished. So rather than, than staying in the process, pushing, trying somehow to make it, then you haven't failed. <laughs> and 
it's something you need to sort out with yourself. Nobody's going to come looking over your shoulder, looking at your diary or looking at your times. It's just between you and what you put inside your head. It's an it's a objective failure. That's what was taught us in school where you were graded. A subjective failure is a, is a completely different point. Uh, at, at what standard or distance or moment did you come short at? You know, it's, it's not like a choice we have. Um, I, I only want to have successful run experience or run sessions. No, rather the opposite. Uh, by the way, that, that's so many people that, that ask me after a presentation or after I speak about running, uh, they'll come to me and say, well, gee, Heike, how, how do you do it? You're always so motivated, you know, you, you run every day. How do you do that? Um, no, it's not because I'm so motivated. It's just become a habit. And even I fail, and, and you too, you will be getting failures again and again. And the failure is the path or the door to success. And, you know, uh, you take those steps and you're going to succeed. Fall down, get back up. And, and even if you're currently in a bit of a negative mindset generally, I mean not only in terms of your running, and, and you're like, oh, positive thinking, oh my goodness, yeah. Or how you think and act doesn't really matter to the rest of the world anyway. How about you just consider that your attitude would have an effect on the others? Who are the others? The people you live with, the people you run with, the people you train with, the receptionist at your doctor's office, the physiotherapist. You know? the, the type of runners I know, they are those that come out of, or that not come out, that, that cross the, the finish line of a park run every Saturday and they are smiling and they are happy and they are cheerful and they are satisfied. And then there's that group that cross the finish line that have something either to criticize the course organizer with and come on, he's doing it. He's doing it in his spare time. He's not getting paid for it. He's a volunteer that doubt the course distance because his Garmin or his watch says, no, this is just a 4.9 or it's a 5.2, uh, doubts the timekeeper, and they're unsatisfied. But they already knew beforehand that they wouldn't be happy either way. So just imagine if it were like this. Don't, don't agree. Just imagine if it were like this, that the way you think about your next run will be influencing your run performance. <laughs> Or if you're going to your next park run or marathon, the way you think about that specific run colleague will determine how they react towards you. You know, we live in this age of information, communication and service, but we still behave like we're in a different age. <laughs> did, you, did you ever uh, attend at the start of a race with someone you knew just then expressed their biggest fears? You know, just at the start line and then there were other people around going like, yeah, 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 me too. <laughs> you know, and that what they fear is usually exactly that what then gets them. You know this. But the same would then, should then, could be true for the opposite. And, and this has to do, of course, the way we were raised and all that. But just remember the sentence for today. My attitude will affect this run. Wow, when did you say such a sentence the last time? When did you ever recall such a sentence, or, or let alone speak it aloud? My attitude will affect this run. <laughs> if this is spoken out, I'll tell you what, oh, you're going to feel loads lighter. You're going to feel in touch with your legs, with your feet, with your body. You know, it's the, the Pygmalion effect. You know, the Greek god, the story, he created a statue that he really adored. He wanted to make it come true, but he couldn't because he wasn't the... 
I think he wasn't a fool god or something like Anyway, it's, it's the My Fair Lady musical. You know the story. And each run can be such an experience by starting off with my attitude will affect this run. But, but if you look at the run from the start, it's not going to be a great run. I'm going to struggle, you know, and just so that in the end you can say I was right. I knew it. I'm just a half god, Greek god. <laughs> you know, and some of you, you've enjoyed this. It's become part of your personality, you know. Oh, I knew this wouldn't work, you know, and it, and it builds your level of competence. It's a destructive one, but you're capable of setting a tone and people will listen to you and like, wow, he knew and a lot that he or she said comes true. Wow, you get outside approval. Ooh, he knew it would be tough or she knew it would be too far. <laughs> you know, and many runners have this by thinking that they're not able to run a half marathon due to a knee pain that's going to occur at kilometer 16 onwards. Yeah, it will most likely happen. Okay, back to some to some practical tips. If you're a marathon or more experienced and with a higher baseline mileage, um, and you don't want to do the the ten percent rule, just add perhaps five kilometers each week to your long run. That should be doable. Five kilometers to your long run, and do this by going slower. Practical tips, huh? And the, the trade-off is uh, going long. Of course, you have to go slower. So if you increase your distance at the same pace, like you do your short runs, uh, you're going to risk injury. You're going uh, to uh, have less energy. You're going to exert yourself too much, which could lead to injury. So because of this, it's a good idea to have to worry less about pace and about speed, but more about the time spent on your legs. And... <clears throat> Uh, if you if, if the, your goal should be to build endurance, and you can always work on the speed later on uh, you know, once you have that baseline. And if you are somebody who says, "Yeah, exactly, that is a problem. I want to run more high core. I've already read the book. I've already read whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do the miles, but I'm lacking behind." Well, fine. Slow down more. Take short walk breaks every couple of kilometers. You're still going to be building your endurance. Uh, so, again, here, the attitude is influencing how you are going to grow as a runner. <laughs> um, uh, one, one thing might actually be, uh, just in, in case you're struggling really uh, to go longer, you might be lacking carbohydrates, uh, you might not be used to uh, eating whilst you are on a long run, you need to get into the habit of that. So this is a practical thing. Electrolyte drinks uh, is also another one. And another great practical tip is, of course, to run with others. Um, if, if you run longer and further, the, the motivation might lag behind. But if there are other people around you uh, that can help you push through a tough patch, that, that's also building mental toughness. And other runners will help you distract from the moment, that situation. And you'll be able to push, uh, to, to push through because there's social component that helps avoid you becoming bored or even gives a bit of a healthy uh, competition feel to it. So rather than blindly, you know, just following the 10% rule, build that baseline. 
And uh, to build the baseline, just look back at what you did during the last six months of training. If six months you were injured a lot, hey, take the last 12 months. You know, what's an average week? What, what does it look like? And consider both the, the physical factors and the mental factors. Uh, because sometimes looking at the numbers, it might feel intimidating. And uh, you, you want it to feel normal. Okay, remember last week's episode, our normal? Yep, that's the one. <laughs> if, if you're a competitive uh, athlete and uh, you're still at college, you, know, you might run anywhere from you know, over 50 kilometers per week. And, and if, if you're somebody who's uh, already uh, over his 40, you might be doing a lot less. Uh, don't, don't be overwhelmed by numbers of others. Stick to your numbers. And if you're completely new to running, Hey, ignore those numbers. Don't listen to them at all. Remember to think about your running. It's a long-term project. You're going to need a couple of years to build a solid base. Which I'm not saying it to, to make it sound like incredibly complex. I'm saying it. It's going to take a couple of years until you reach a certain baseline. And, and once you've determined this, you know, that's then the, where you as a beginner can then plan how to increase it. Yeah. Uh, one big thing is also you need to change your lifestyle and not just to reduce the risk of, of injury but also you need to find the time it means you're going to have to say no to something else no to family or to friends or to colleagues and no to people who perhaps don't understand why it is that you do what you are doing cut them out <laughs> you need somebody who's going to support you in this and during your recovery time is the perfect time to do it whilst you're recovering whilst you are resting that is where you should build this let's call it positive thinking this optimism this this mental strength and and actually the physical benefits are there. Uh, there's, a, there's a lower chance of having a heart attack. There's a, it lowers your blood pressure. It's better stress management. And of course, mentally, what's going to happen is you, if you follow these steps, you know, you're going to become a lot more creative. You're going to have clearer thinking. Your mood's going to improve. And it's going to less likely to lead to depressions. And I mean, how powerful is that? Wow, what a show. I enjoyed it. I hope you too, if you did. Do drop me a note or do give me a rating or do share the show with somebody you feel should be listening to it. Hey, I like to finish with a verse here from the Bible and this is from Proverbs 24. Listen to this. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So build your strength. <laughs> Thanks for listening. My name is Heiko. God bless you. And remember, take it easy.